that we talk about. And then, because I want to, I want to leave room for the Holy Ghost. What happens is, and this is actually what happens in Bible study. If you don't leave room for the Holy Ghost, even if you got a curriculum, you you get up there and you're like, I'm just going to read this word for word, and we're going to go through. But if you don't leave room for the Holy Ghost, uh, you can. You can lock it down if it's just one-sided and you never hear what they've got to say. And you, you know, if you don't leave room to evolve into what they are, what they're going through, and so we're gonna we're gonna kind of launch that way. It may evolve. We may we may switch it up after the first one. This is kind of a a testing thing, I think. But I think we got a good idea. Brother Thrash is gonna start us out and uh, get some basis. I think he's got a few things that he's written down. And then we're going to go from there, um, and then we're going to we're going to continue. And maybe maybe after this week we'll have a little. Um, we've got several topics we've already talked about, um, and I'm going to let him launch, and then I'm going to tag off of him, and then we'll go from there. So, brother Thrash, appreciate that, brother Cardwell. All right, so let me start off by saying thank you all so much for choosing the Bible study class. It would have been rather boring to teach no one. So thank y'all. And uh, Brother Carwell and I have got a, a, a good plan together. Now, all of the classes, they seem to be based off a book or, or something like that. And, and this one's based off of the Bible study, The Way. It's, uh, it was written primarily by Brother Simpson. Uh, seven lessons. Uh, it, it works out perfect to actually be eight lessons like this class. Because your first lesson, and this is a point we'll go into later, your first lesson, you're really not pulling out the Bible study. You're just getting to know somebody. The first time they come to your house, you may not open your Bible. You just kind of want to connect with them. So, but, but anyway, that's why it works out to be actually eight visits and, and actually seven lessons of study. The, the way is a long, in-depth Bible study. There's no way I can teach you, or here I could teach you that study in, in, in 30 minutes. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be giving you some how-tos and, and I'm going to be summarizing the lesson. And then what I'm going to actually be doing is every time when I teach the lesson, I'm actually starting it for, for some new converts within the next week or two, I will be recording my full teaching of it and putting it on my mm-hmm. podcast, The Disciple Life, so that you can hear me teach every aspect of it. But again, there's no way I can do it here and it's not required that you listen to it. So anyway, my point there is it's, it's long. It, it, it generally is a minimum of 45 minutes, and, and I've had it go sometimes an hour, and, and an hour and 15 minutes if somebody asks you questions, which you want. You want them to be engaged. You don't want to just drone away. Anyway, those are all tips that we're going to get at. I wanted to start off tonight with a, with a little bit of an introduction to, to Bible studies. I need If you've got a Bible with you or if you've got your phone and you're willing to read for me, go ahead and pull it out and get your Bible app open because um, I want to I talk about some Scripture. Everything, everything we do has to be based on Scripture. Um, so first, I, I want to talk, and I think this is probably our, our good launching point, is why should we teach Bible studies? Well, Everybody's probably got their own reasons. If you ever taught Bible studies, you, you know there's, there's a lot of them. But I think there's a basic one, or a couple basic ones that we really need to just remember. And I know we know this because y'all are all, uh, y- y'all are, most of y'all have taught Bible studies. And if you haven't, you're going to be teaching them soon. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, so, so the first reason that we teach Bible studies, a, a specific why, is simply because we are commanded. And I, 
Matthew 28 and 19 and 20, somebody. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. I, I know 19 by heart, but because it, it's, it's used so much in our Bible studies. We, we use it along with Acts 2.38. Don't be scared of, of, of Matthew 28 and 19, but it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit. I can't remember which one. But He, he begins this commandment to us. And if somebody would read verse 20 for me. Teaching them. Teaching them. That's really much all I need. Actually, read it all just to be safe. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded. Lo, I am with you always. Okay, there's there's two big points here. He says, teaching everything that I have commanded you. So you step into the role of teacher, and Jesus says, uh, you go teach everything that I've commanded you. So that means first and foremost, we got to know what He commanded. We we got to know these things. So we're living them. We're not just knowing them. We're, we're not just hearers. We're hearers and doers of the commandments of Jesus. That's what, that's what qualifies us to be a teacher. And as, it, as we'll go through all of these different things, these topics, and it, it's not, a, it's not a, that you've been teaching Bible studies for 10 years. That's not what qualifies you. What qualifies you is your ability and willingness to do the commandments of Jesus. Mm-hmm. What was the last part of the verse, please, sir? I got on that point and I forgot. Here's another vital point. It, 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 in the reality of this, and, and I hate to say it like this, but it still is true. None of us are good enough to teach a Bible study. We can ramble mm-hmm. on. We can read Scripture. We can give them all these facts. But at the end of the day, when the, when the Holy Ghost falls and we get them little shivers in our spine, it's going to be Jesus that does it. And, and that doesn't mean we don't try. That doesn't mean we don't give it everything we've got. But at the end of the day, I mean, you, you listen to TED Talks on, online. You get online and watch a TED Talk about some random topic. And this dude's a fantastic teacher. He gives you all this and you leave this 10-minute TED Talk knowing more about the topic. You can do that with the Bible. You can let somebody leave knowing more about the Bible. But if they don't feel the Holy Ghost in it, if we don't allow Jesus to be with us always, it's just some facts, right? So let, let us remember that when we feel like we've fallen short, that Jesus is going to meet us there. Mm-hmm. That's what He's going to do because He's the only one that can actually give revelation anyway. The next reason, Bible teachers are essential. Does anybody know the five-fold ministry, the five aspects of the five-fold ministry? Anybody? Anybody want to quote them? So there's preacher, preachers, teachers, prophets, evangelists, Pastors, right? Teachers is one of the five. It's a lot of times preachers. A lot of times they kind of go both. Like one person might be in a multitude of, of, of offices, but for teachers, a lot of times, and you look at Brother Simpson for an example, one of the greatest teachers we have in this church, and and he's not a preacher, and he'll admit that. That's not me saying he's not. It's just he knows where his place is, and he's completely fine with it. I know. Although I do get some opportunities to preach, I still know that I'm a teacher. That's what I like doing. That's what I feel best doing, right? So we we kind of can figure out where we're supposed to be, and that doesn't mean we can't work in multiple places. So we're commanded to, and we are part of the essential ministry. Think of Saul. Who was sent to Saul? You remember anybody know? Do you know that who was sent to Saul? She raised her hand. It was an Ananias. Saul Saul needed a teacher. 
And Ananias might have been a preacher too, but really what he did is he sat down and he opened Scriptures. He just told Paul what it was about. Think about Cornelius. Cornelius prayed and prayed and gave money and he built... He helped build the church. He did all these things. But when, it, when, he, when he really needed to, be, to, get, to find salvation, what happened? He was referred to Peter, right? And, and then you look at the Ethiopian eunuch. He's reading Scripture. He's reading Isaiah 53, supposedly. And he, and he doesn't understand what he's reading. And the Holy Ghost sends... Anybody remember? Sends Philip, right? Says, Philip says, hey, do you even understand what you're reading? He's like, how can I? Lest some man teach me. He un- this, even this eunuch understood. So here's the next deal. A lot of your people who are going to teach or who you're going to teach, they unconsciously know that they need it. Your job as the teacher is to help them understand that, to motivate them to listen. And Anyway, that's their two points on why. But how? Somebody find me Romans. Would you find me Romans 10 and 17? And Brother Cam, would you find me 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25? 2 Timothy chapter 2, 24 and 25. Who else got a Bible out? Got it? Okay. Uh, 1 Peter 2 and 2, please, sir. Alright, so there's... And again, we're going to expand on all of this. I'm just trying to give you an introduction. And I'm trying not to take too much long because I want Brother Carvel to give what he's got. First thing, Romans 10 and 17. Whoever had it? So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So, so the first thing teaching... Or one of the first things... One of the things that teaching does is builds faith. Um, 2 Peter... 2 Timothy 2. Yes, sir. And the servant of the Lord must not strive to mm-hmm. be gentle unto all men, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. But God, for adventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. To the acknowledging of the truth. It talks about the teacher first, but the reason we teach, or how does Bible study affect people, is it leads them to truth. They're in, they're in the lie, or, or, or in darkness. We're a part of leading them to light. First uh, Peter 2 and 2. As newborn babies desire the superior milk of the word that you may grow thereby. <laughs> Don't ever forget that these people that you're teaching desire mm-hmm. to know more about God. So we what we see is it builds faith, it leads people to truth, and leads people to spiritual growth. There's a lot more things that we're going to talk about, but that's just a I guess to, to begin the motivation process. So what is the goal of a Bible study? We know why, we know how. What is the goal? Well, the goal is con- First and foremost, conversion or salvation. That's, your, that's always got to be on your mind. Uh, Brother Copeland a lot of times tells us, if you know you're only going to meet with these people, actually, you've told me this. If you know that you're only going to meet with this person once or have one opportunity, you need to give them the gospel. You don't need to try to teach them about Noah or anything else, although it's important. But if you know that they're only going to come one time, teach them the plan of salvation every time. Because you know, um, And then finally, relationship. It's, it's conversion. And that's why the, the first commandment was love God with all you, your heart. Then it said, love thy neighbor. So the second part is relationship. You've got to really love the people and they can tell. So uh, that's a very good basic beginning. I'm, I'm going to let Brother Carvel take it back over. I do want to say this right before, however. Our goal for this class and then with the way in, involved is not to teach you so much how. We want to really dive into why. And obviously, we're going to give plenty hows. Hows are important. We're going to give you tip after tip and do this and don't do this. And what if this question is asked? And we're going to give those answers. There's a lot of that. But I think the bigger reason or the bigger thing that if we'll all bind together and understand about this class is is why. We've got to motivate each other. Motivate each other to have the courage. Motivate each other to 
to because to, you got to give of your time, and and mm-hmm. so if you're not really if you're not really motivated by it, your time. Somebody told me once. I said I didn't have time to do such and such, and he's like, "Oh no, you'll make time for whatever you want." So we got we've got to come together as a class, and we're learning, right? We're learning the want to, to to make it our mission to wake up and say, "What about this soul?" I've looked at Sam on, on uh, Tuesday night. I said, "Hey, I've got to. We got to connect with that couple." It was a couple on this side of the room, and you know, and I, I said, "They've been coming a few weeks, and I want to connect with them." She said, "Oh, they're already in Bible study with so and so." I was like, well, thank God. You know, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be any one right. individual, but it's got to be somebody because yeah. it's a soul. So, again, the, I think what we got to get out of this, I, th- I think the most important aspect of this class is to motivate each other to remember the, the state of these souls when they enter into this place. They're lost, broken, lonely, scared. And, and what can we do? And if we couldn't do anything, we would have never been commanded to do it. I know that to be true every time God says for me to do something, for me not to do something. I know when it says that, I know I can't be perfect. But I know if God tells me not to do something, I know it's possible. I know I can if I'll trust Him. So anyway, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Brother Carr, we'll continue on and let's, let's motivate each other. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Um, I think that leads perfectly into what I was going to mention tonight. Uh, and I think it's the launch. It's got to start in you. So I want to I wanna let you know that you are capable. Yes. Whether you think you are or not, you do have the goods. And you actually have the answers. For some reason, people think that they're going to get really wild questions and they're going to look like a fool in front of someone else. A lot of it is fear of failure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, Guys understand that because they're fear, fearful of rejection. You're fearful that those people will reject you and say that they're smarter than you and you don't know what you're talking about or you're, you'll mess up the opportunity. And the thing is, I'm, I, I just, I'm looking around and I know all the people in here. And you are capable. I don't know of a person that's not in this in this room. Right. And we need you. There's a and and this is where I'm going to go. I, I I I went home today and I was thinking about this, trying to get you motivated in the mind. And I I was thinking about I've heard a lot of people say, well, I just don't have the personality for that. I just ain't outgoing. I'm not able to talk to people. I'm not able to. I just don't, I can't hardly win people. I just, my personality's not good enough. And I was thinking about that, and I went home, and I had about 20, 30 minutes in between eating supper and coming here. And uh, I pulled a book out that I've been reading, and decided to read the next chapter, and I opened it up, and the chapter was on personality. I was like, well, that's pretty interesting how that works. And so I just I started underlining a few things and uh I want to talk to you about personality and how to develop it. If that is your fear that you're not going to be able to win somebody, you're not going to be able to stir them. 
and, and you're going to find this a lot. Um, I'm kind of one of those people, you'll find this in the next several weeks. I'm one of those people that try to, to put a logical spin so that you can understand the logic to the nature. And then a lot of times I'll revert back to Scripture later. And I think it's because I work, I think it's from working with new people because they can only see logic. Mm -hmm. They can't see the spiritual that you see. And so if you come from a spiritual angle, a lot of times they don't respect it that much. But if you come at them from an angle that's familiar, that they respect, that logically this happens because this happens. Yeah. And then also it says it in Scripture too. So it's biblical. Getting some mints over here, I see. Sorry. All right. So I'm messing his podcast up, see? No. Anyway. All right. The greatest and most vital power in influencing life is personality. So if you want to influence the life of someone else, it's personality. It's greater than law, instruction, or example. So your personality, and this is not biblical, this is a, a, a just some teaching on actually business, but um, it is greater than law to people. It's greater than even the law itself. It, it almost reaches to them. Mm. And so you do have to have personality, but you've all got it. Right. And if you think that you don't, this guy starts to try to describe personality. And he can't, he starts searching to understand what personality is, what causes people to have the personality that they draw people in. And as he does, as he goes on this search, he, he's, he hears of this preacher and he's like, man, he has the most striking personality. So the author reflected again upon the nature of personality as he studied this man. What is it? What are his underlying, what is its underlying principles? Can they be analyzed and studied? In his reflections, these thoughts came to mind. He's kind, courageous, diplomatic, aggressive, honest, enthusiastic, and he seems to possess an unconquerable will. The key to, per, to the perplexing problem immediately manifested itself. The qualities named are all positive. The qualities named are all positive. Therefore, personality is produced by developing positive qualities and eliminating negative qualities. Right. Each positive quality has for its Opposite a negative quality is light, darkness, heat, cold, good, bad, honesty, dishonesty, fear, courage, fear, etc. So I want to, he, he has a list here, and you can tie this in to Bible study. Mm -hmm. This is what needs to happen when people meet you, when they come into your home. We're going to have a lesson at one point about atmosphere. Yep. Um, what, it need, what, what it feels like when, it, when they walk into your home, what they feel. Um, we're going to have a thing on psychology. We're going to talk about how to lead them to the questions you want them to ask. Um, how, how to get them to ask the question. Um, which some of this stuff, I didn't, we, didn't, I, we didn't realize they were doing this other class that he was mentioning. So part of it overlaps. Yeah. Because part of it will tell you how to, to pull people to you. 
positive qualities, optimism versus pessimism. That's just a thing, it, especially when you're working with new converts. You want to build personality. You want people to draw them to you. you got to be optimistic. Second, agreeableness versus disagreeableness. If you disagree with everything anybody says, no, no, I just don't, no, people, you're not going to have many friends. Right. And if you do that in a Bible study, see, they, they come in even, even when they're wrong. See, they'll, they'll come in and they may have been taught by multiple other people. And if you disrespect what they've been taught, you're disrespecting the elders that's spoken into their lives, and you don't have enough credence at this point. You've met them twice, and you're going to start talking bad about the person that's taught them for their whole life. So you almost have to find a neutral ground to not agree with them, but not disagree either. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Just keep it neutral. And then in a little bit, you return back to that and you can teach over it. And when they see it, they'll come to the conclusion without you telling them that was wrong. That's good, bro. Um, tact. Same thing. Tact versus indiscretion. you got to have tact with the way you say things and the way you accuse. If you start talking about their pastor that they've been going down there and listening to, this is... This is uh, I just had this thought, but it's like a court case. In a court case, you're proving that this happened or didn't happen. If you start talking about, well, this other person, they seen them over there and they had a murder weapon too. They say that has nothing to do with it. We're not here to prove whether the other person killed him. We're here to prove this. And so you can get sidetracked. You can get um you can you can get off the subject if that makes sense um you can get to where you're you're trying to prove something that really has nothing to do with it um kindness be kind don't be harsh if their kid comes and breaks something in your house be kind mm, yep don't be harsh you you can't it's their soul is more important courtesy and discourtesy Enthusiasm versus indifference. If you're just like, yeah, all right. Well, okay, we done eating. I guess we're going to get the Bible study out. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it says right here that this is the deal. You've got to be excited about it. If you're not excited about it, you're not going to sell anything. Now, this, this is a book about, I, I mean, I literally, this is a list. I'm just reading it. But it, it's Salesmanship and Business Efficiency. It's a book from 1915, and it's a, a school textbook. Because that's what kind of person I am, I guess. But anyway, sorry. I am who I is. But, but as I read, I, I'm going to keep going. Ambition versus satisfaction. Are you ready to conquer the world, or are you just sitting there chilling? You know, are you, are you, it shows. What, are, what, what is your attitude toward what we believe? Are you out there reaching in your mind? Or are you like, well, we're here and we're happy where we're at? When you talk about the church, are you talking about how it's growing and how you're going to become this? Or are you saying, we're, we're, man, we're at this? And, in other words, is your speech satisfied or do you still have ambition to do things? Courage versus cowardice. Are you afraid? 
he was talking about this. He he, brother Thrash, was telling me this on the phone. But when he speaks and does his Bible study, he makes sure he says it that this happened. This is this is a fact. We'll have a whole section on that. Yeah. We're gonna have a whole section on 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 that topic. But uh, it's interesting how this anyway. It's interesting how this list. Um, it's a fantastic list. And brother, let me make a suggestion. Yeah. Whether you get through it all or not, I need you to send me a picture of it. <laughs> I'm going to type it up, and I'll make sure that everybody has a document available for this. Hey, this yeah. this is anyway initiative versus inaction. Yeah, the book. Send us the, the book, conquering right? spirit versus aimlessness. Yep. Confidence versus fear. Are you afraid of that new person you've never met walking in your house? Are you confident? Come on in, man. We're glad you're here. Uh, are you in control of that situation or are you running afraid? you got to put that on. Dis diplomacy versus impudence. That's a good one. Yes, Sincerity versus insincerity. If you ain't real, they know it. You've got to be real first and foremost. Purpose, we're going to have a whole subject on that, loving people. Um, purpose versus irresolution. Perseverance versus hesitation. Concentration versus vacillation. Knowledge versus ignorance. Work versus laziness. Patience versus impatience. Decision versus indecision. Analysis versus confusion. Judgment versus indiscrimination. Originality versus dullness. Thrift saving versus extravagance. And that You may not think that's a big deal, but you actually, there's, anyway, used to be that when you got a job, if it was of any standing, they would ask to see your financial records. Yep. Because if you couldn't handle money, you couldn't be in a position. Um. But you can tell when you when you're around somebody, if you go in and you talk about how you're barely making it, they don't really want what you got. If you if you you know you you can't you can't expose all that. You have to you have to show them what you're trying to you know God's side of it. Reason versus imbecility. Um, wisdom versus foolishness, system versus carelessness, fair-mindedness versus suspicion, unselfishness versus selfishness, open-mindedness versus egotism. Mm. That's a big one. Yes. You need to be open-minded with them too. Or you need to at least show that. That's back to that argument. You know, you're wrong. If, if you get into that, you ain't never going to win them. Um, you just you have to be careful. Open-mindedness versus egotism, observation versus heedlessness. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read through these quickly because we're out of time. Spiritual. Now that that was all that was all uh, mental. Now we got spiritual. Courage versus fear. Desire versus self-satisfaction. Faith versus doubt. Confidence versus instability. Honest versus dishonesty. Truth versus falsehood. Temperance versus intemperance. Morality versus immorality. Unselfishness. Selfishness. Love. Hate. Patriotism, treason, religion, atheism, charity, malice, joy, sorrow, sympathy, incompassion, hope, despair, beauty, ugliness, loyalty, disloyalty. Beauty, ugliness. What does that have to do with it? Well, how you how you present yourself? Did you get dressed up and make sure you look nice, or were you in your 
you in your pajamas with your flip-flops on, you're hanging out. And like, hey, man, come on in. Uh, some of that, if you're trying to win somebody, now if you're friends with somebody and they visiting, it's one thing. But when you're trying to win somebody, you can't, I and mean, you ain't got to be in a suit, but they can tell how you handle yourself. Loyalty versus disloyalty. Intuition versus stupidity. Cheerfulness versus gloominess. Trust versus suspicion. Physical activity versus indolence. So this is the physical side. Activity versus indolence. Make it active. If you're cooking, make sure you get up, get the dishes. and If you leave everything kind of sitting and it gets real messy and you're just kind of chilling, they could, they could feel that, that spirit about you. So little bitty thing, little bitty signs. Gracefulness versus awkwardness. Physical courage versus physical fear. Show it. Show courage. Sit up in your chair. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're kind of like, we're glad you're here, but we're gonna read about this. They they see that. And it, you're like scared to death. And then health versus sickness. And we're gonna stop because we're out of time. I'll get this list and we'll send it. Uh, if y'all want to write down your, uh, and I don't know, some of you may have to go. I'm not trying to hold you here. I promise you. Um, but I thought about writing down at, at the end. Oh, there! Look, they already did it. Powerful. I think I have almost everybody in here's phone number, if not everybody in here's phone number. Pretty close. But we're going to try to make this list available, and I'll send it to you so you can look. Why did I tell you all that? I didn't get to it, <laughs> but told you all that because the way you create that is you actually have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind follows your conscious mind. And if you'll consciously focus on things, your subconscious mind will actually act out what you thought. The same thing as attention, what you see and what you that's what you become. Biblical um, Anyway, it's a bit, anyway, I've got. There's a lot there that can be, and I'm, I may touch it again. We may touch it again next next week. Um, uh, I may do that. I may finish it up just because I think it's important. But you can be that. You can change who you are to people. You can bring them to you and draw them to you. And uh, if you feel like that you don't fit and you're not capable, you really are. And if you're not, you can be. So maybe maybe in the next few weeks, when we get done with this, by the way, that's when we're going to have your list of names. When we get done with this, all the people in here, we're going to ask you to set up a Bible study. There was a dual purpose with this class. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm about to head up, I'm about to head up Bible study, try, trying to put people with people. And this is from pastor and, and whatever. But what we're trying to do is the people that are interested in teaching it will come to this class that are really care. And so we're going to start probably with the ministry in the next couple of weeks. But then we're going to move into the people that are in this room and say, okay, we went through this. Tell me when you're doing it. And we're going to get you to schedule. We're going to try to get you at the end of this to say, I'm going to commit. And we're going to send people to you. 
We'll have a we're gonna try to set up a Google calendar. Brother Thrash had a great idea setting up a Google calendar. And everyone can put in when they're teaching and what lesson they're on. Once you put it in, anybody can see and we can send I can send people to your finance program. Anyway, all right. So yes, sir. No, one thing I found out over the years being raised in this, being a witness to people, is that you can't afford to be scared. Nobody can ask too hard of a question if you're in a holy book because even if you don't actually know the scripture, God puts it in your mind. Yeah. Somebody will ask you, don't be scared because God will put it in your mind. Yep, that's the truth. Tell you, it will happen in just about any situation. And the more prayed up you are, the more likely it is to happen. There's no sense of being scared of, of any question because God will put the scripture in your mind. If they start throwing scripture, God quickens it. I'm saying yes, sir. Work. I mentioned something to Brother Thrash about that earlier. I have a problem with remembering names because I've met a lot of people. I, I feel like that's my excuse. But I, I can remember faces but not names the same way as with scriptures. Yeah. It's a weakness of mine. I'm not good with scripture reference. I, I, I can't hardly remember... If if you ask me a question, I can start quoting scripture, but the reference, and I think that's actually a lot of people are like that, and they're afraid. Yep. But you can search the words, and the scripture pops up. It's not that hard. You don't have to. That can be your weakness, and you still be fine. That has nothing to do with it. You got technology that helps you, so you can get around that, and you'll be surprised what pops in your mind. You know more than you think you do. All right, thank y'all, and. Uh,